This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Good morning and welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard. Seen a light-skinned brother with his head blown off. Uh, what are you talking about? At the about? same table where the jugs go off. Stanley, what is that? I was listening to Kendrick Lamar last night. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Man down. Okay. Where are you from? So, welcome everyone. Oh, okay. Good stories. This is WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Yes, and apparently, is. Stanley is very anxious and a little overzealous I to think that's speak. <laughs> so, I mean, did you just want to like introduce yourself? Like, since you just can't hold it? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I think you are I might be um, So welcome to the show guys It's been one whole week And everything has happened Except for the sky falling down We have mm-hmm. so much to talk about today um, If you're just tuning in My name is Selena Hill On Instagram and Twitter I'm Miss Selena Hill But you guys So follow me on Snapchat Yay. Destiny and I Who's my little sister We took so many videos Like Snapchat is addicting it's, it's addictive. The, it's the best. It's addictive. Like, I took five, like, Snapchat videos just in the car. And I had, like, a blast. So, guys, find me on Snapchat. I think I think my name is, like, S.Hill2020. Like, definitely yeah. follow me on Snapchat because that's, like, my new thing right now. We should now. get a Be Heard Snapchat. We should. For the show. Ooh. Yes. Maybe we will. Maybe <laughs> we will. <laughs> Maybe we will. As long yes. as you're running it. I don't yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah that's what Snapchat. I will gladly run it. That is my favorite. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've been Snapchatting for the last 48 hours now, and I've realized that my life looks very exciting <laughs> through the lens of seven seconds. <laughs> so, ten. Ten, ten. So I'm all about that life. So anyways, guys, in case you have been wondering, I have some bad news. Chet is no longer here. I was informed by the Northern Region White Council, also known <laughs> as the Ku Klux Klan, that I cannot be transracial. And they also said something about Negro, Negro, N-word, N-word news. Do you know that like, reminds okay. me of? Do you know the episode of Dave Chappelle where he's the, the black leader of the KKK, <laughs> but oh, he doesn't, he's blind, so he doesn't know that he's black? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You never see that not one? Yeah, I did. And, and then did. at the end, like, they, like, tell him not to take the hood off, and then he does, and then his head explodes, <laughs> yeah. and then oh, everybody oh, in the hilarious. audience's head explodes. And then he leaves his wife, and they were like, why'd you leave your wife? He was like, because she's an N-word lover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Classic Dave Chappelle. Chappelle show. Jackie's back. Hey, oh. I'm back. Finally. Jackie, Thanks are you wearing a star Rapper? I am wearing a Starburst wrapper <laughs> in honor of Father's Day. Um, because I don't know why, but it's dress. It looks nice. Thank you for your compliment. I'll take don't it. Don't be a hater, Sam. Um, I'm happy to be back. It's been a while. I've been all over the place. Um, You've been to, to the be. Cayman Islands. I was in the Cayman Islands. She was hanging out with Mitt Romney. I was hanging out with Mitt Romney and his money. No, seriously though, we saw the FIFA um, headquarters being built while we were there, and it was like <laughs> at the same time that the FIFA like scandal was happening, and we we're like, wow. of course, like because they, you know, they don't have to pay taxes on that so wow um but yeah i'm happy i'm happy to be home i'm happy to be back here on air this talking about stuff talking about stuff you Sounds know with my lady brain <laughs> well, uh, speaking <laughs> my mind brain. about things i heard the lady brain is about the size of a mouse pad you're so right whatever. the size of a mouse pad i didn't even hear that who well, knows no, what a no one's heard that scene. I've yeah. <laughs> have you been watching Orange is the New Black? I have not actually. Well, I've been like super busy at work. In the third season, there's a scene without spoiling anything, but she basically Piper. She's yeah. like my lady babe. That's, like, that's, 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 that's the lot. That's the lot. Oh, that's where you got it from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm happy to be back, and you can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, on Snapchat at Jackie Cohen, J A Q I C O H E N, and definitely follow me on Snapchat because I'm on it. Alyssa has to get a Snapchat. You don't have. 
I'm you not have to do it. It's so fun. There's filters like for when like you're in a different part nope. of New York. Oh, there, nope. There's an Astoria filter which I like lobbied for. Really what? No. Yeah. I'm See, actually, I was in your neighborhood yesterday actually. Thanks for uh, well, not the exactly. call. Did I people was, like, start running? The I was other on way? Steinway. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. That was when I lived in Whitestone, not in, in Astoria. Steinway, by right. the um, She yeah. said you yeah. can't come there because it's yeah. called Whitestone. <laughs> Whoa, exactly. uh, that is not. Speaking <laughs> of segregation, <laughs> anyway. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I joke, I joke, but, you know, we're really going to have a good conversation about race today. Oh, so yes, you definitely. should definitely keep tuning in for our special segment that's coming up later on. Uh, did, I, did I tell people who I am? Because I can't even remember. Did you, Alyssa? Anymore. No. Oh, I think Alyssa, please introduce well, yourself. If you, if you want to find me. You can go on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com slash politically preposterous is the fan page. Or you could just look for me. It's Alyssa with an I. Alyssa with an I. So we have a great show lined up. We're going to start talking about the mass deportations of Haitians in the Dominican Republic. There was a rally here in the Bronx, uh, well, here in New York City, and it took place in the Bronx. Um, and we have one of the co-founders of We Are All Dominican who uh, organized that rally, who was a part of that mm-hmm. rally. She'll be calling in um, momentarily, actually, and we'll be talking about what is going on in uh, this this ethnic cleansing that is going on in the Dominican Republic and what can and should be done about it. I've heard some really disgusting things from people. Yes. People who I'm going to try my very best to not say anything like inflammatory or offensive. But this, I will say this, and it's going to piss some people off. I don't really care. But the same folks who I've st- stood in solidarity with to fight like for citizenship here, for a pathway to citizenship here, are trying to paint what's happening in the DR as an immigration thing and saying that Haitian people are stealing jobs. Whoa, yes. what's the same I mean, exact I've heard, argument? I've heard a lot, and I'm sure, you know, it's like to say that all Dominicans feel this way, it's to say like all Americans feel the same way about yeah. immigrants that, you know, it's it's painting a really wide broad stroke. But I have heard a lot of criticism that has really tied to the rhetoric you hear in the United States against yeah immigrants saying, well, we're afraid that they're going to take our jobs and you know all this other misinformation that's just not true. And it's really weird, the parallel between yeah. the two. Oh, but the difference is, like, this is straight up racial cleansing. Oh. This is exactly what that is in the yeah. R. It this is. isn't even like, they're talking about from, like, 1929. If you can't prove you have bloodline here before 1929, you need to get out. It's right. like a pogrom. Like, that's, you know, that's what, like, my ancestors went through in, in Russia, where they were, like, you know, you're Jewish, you're not Russian, you have to get out or, yeah. I mean, in that case, or we'll kill you. But. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to give too much of the segment away, but, and for the people they say have not been there since then, you can try to apply for citizenship now. And they had these safety camps you can go to to wait. Oh. Safety camp? That sounds really camp? safe. That sounds like yes. a concentration That sounds familiar. Yeah, Very sounds familiar, really right? Scary. But then I had someone yesterday You're giving everything me, away. Yeah, sorry. This, I've been fired up about this all week. Yeah, you've been things. posting about it yeah. all week long. Losing all my white friends on Facebook <laughs> and Dominican ones. Well, speaking of um, losing white friends, well, that's a horrible segue. Um, <laughs> horrible segue. So uh, later on the show, we'll be discussing the Charleston church shooting. Um, it happened in the AME church in South Carolina, in Charleston, one of the most historically African-American churches there. And they're actually in service right now. It just testifies to their resiliency mm. and the fact that their their principles are founded on love. And I was I felt so good because I was like, you know, well, I don't want to give everything away like Stanley, but um, a lot of the victim's family already started forgiving the shooter and um, it's really tragic, but we'll we'll continue to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how the media has been portraying the shooter um, at the Charleston Church um, and compared to a lot of 
black people and black men who were unarmed. I mean, mm-hmm. how, you know, how does how how what's the difference between media and what's the difference between how police officers and even us as citizens? How do we see these two types of people so differently when one is clearly violent? But we'll talk about that with a very special guest. And we also want to hear from you. So if you want to let your voice be heard, call us up. The number is 212-650-6903. And you can tweet us at BeHeard. Underscore radio. We'll be right back. And we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. And I felt compelled to play this song because for some reason, especially this week, being black seems to be like a thing that people have a problem with. There's Mm. a serious problem with blackness. So I wanted to remind all of you folk out there who was very confused that I'm black and I'm proud. (laughs) And if you hate me, I don't care. You can kiss my... I can't say that because FCC, right, Selena? Yes. Black yes. You can find it on Twitter. But anyways, guys, <laughs> we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. I am here with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and Jackie Basegard, track queen, <laughs> Cohen. And we got Destiny on the ones and twos in the cell phone Snapchats hanging on in the back. That's Selena's little sister, but she's way cooler. Way and cooler. Way cooler. <laughs> what can I say? And if you're wondering what we're talking about today, we are talking about, first off, the Dominican Republic. Yeah. So I'm going to give you guys a very brief summary with not a lot, of, not a lot of information because we have a guest who is smarter and also way better looking than I am. Oh God! I mean, that's not hard to do. It or really be, isn't. But I trust that it really is a great guest. Even my reflection is like, come on, Stanley, come <laughs> on, buddy. But um, you know, just to get back onto topic. So what we're having in the Dominican Republic right now, Dominican Republic right now, um, is a very peculiar situation about quote unquote immigration. So back in 2010, I believe it was DR amended their constitution to remove birthright. And what do we mean by that? It means that before, if you were born in a country, you had citizenship in that country because you were born there. So then they said, hey, no, we should change that. It should be that if, like, your grandparents were born there and and you were born there and your parents were born there, then you could have birthright. So then a Haitian woman who was born in DR, whose parents... We're from Haiti and they're Haitian and they came to DR to do some cheap labor because Haiti and DR has an agreement to send over cheap to send over cheap labor anyway. When she tried to claim her citizenship because she was born in DR, DR was like, wait a minute, blackity black black. We're not cool with that. Mm. So they went and amended it again and said, Now, if you do not have bloodline from nineteen from from nineteen twenty nine you could not claim citizenship in DR. And what did that do? That set up for this huge deportation of over 200,000 Dominican citizens. Now, of course, this does not just affect Haitian Dominicans who were born and raised in DR. It affects anyone else who has been there, but a large portion of the people who it affects has been Haitians who have been born in Dominican Republic. And why do I keep saying Haitians born in Dominican Republic? Because, well, if you have Haitian family and you speak Creole and you are black... But you're in DR, they think you're black and you're Haitian, so you can't be there. But anyways, I'm very upset about this segment, and I can probably be extremely impartial. So I want to bring someone in here who is very intelligent and knows the stories and has been very active. And she can help us to understand what the hell is happening. And her name is Manuela Arciniegas, and she's a co-founder of We Are All Dominicans, a group of activists and advocates that denounce the Dominican Constitutional Court's decision to strip tens of thousands and possibly hundreds of thousands of Dominicans of Haitian descent of their nationality 
intentionality violating a human rights because that's what it is a human rights violation and an egregious one but i'm gonna stop talking because you guys can tell that i'm a little bit emotional about this so we will bring on the wonderful manuela good morning happy sunday good morning manuela good morning everyone how are you we're doing very very well very well so I have a question for you, Manuela. We talked about this off air. What is your favorite meal at brunch? <laughs> oh, wow. So, you know, I am Dominican. And for us, a happy brunch is definitely mashed plantains oh, with fried eggs and oh. fried cheese. Isn't that mandulo? <laughs> I think it is. It's a mango. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. And then mm. Dominican salami. Oh, that's the thing. Yes. yes, yes <laughs> We're getting hungry good. now. I want yeah. that. <laughs> One, like, I... I, so I grew up in East New York, you guys know that, but one of my best, best friends was Dominican, and I pretty much lived with him from, like, the age 12 to 17, and we used to have that for breakfast all the time. It was so good. So I'm all right. about that life. <laughs> Any day of the week, we're happy to have it. Yes, 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 exactly. But we are not here to talk about delicious Dominican foods and treats. We are here to talk about an egregious undertaking in Dominican Republic. So, Manuela, if you could please get the listeners just some basic background about what's going on. I kind of gave some information, but I want to make sure that I was correct, and if I was not, you can make any additions you need to make? Sure. So, I mean, what we're talking about is actually we're in the midst of a really difficult time for our country and for the world, experiencing yet another culmination of a history of discrimination and racism against um, black people on the island. Um, It started with the massacre of over 30,000 Haitian people in 1937 with the former dictator Leonidas Trujillo, and it has continued consistently and bubbled up throughout all the decades since then. Um, Unfortunately, what it doesn't do is honor the fact that our island really shares these two countries. Um, There are black people, many black people on both sides of the island, and there's a history of intermarriage, of co-living as a community with a lot of shared cultural practices um, some language differences, whether it's Creole or Spanish, but uh, religiously, culturally, we do have a lot of things in common. And in just a- across the board, we owe a lot to Haiti as being the first free black nation on the Americas to free black people from slavery and launching the Haitian Revolution and this whole dialogue that has been the bedrock of liberty and freedom movements across the Americas for the rights of blacks. Right now, we're experiencing a really difficult time. Um, and we're talking about the way that uh, a government that has consistently created policies to oppress poor people in Dominican Republic is looking to distract the financial, economic, and social problems in our country by targeting one ethnic group, and that is um, people of Haitian descent. It's important to know that this crisis is not a crisis against immigrants. This is actually something that's happening to Dominicans who are of um, Haitian descent but were born on the island, too. So we're talking about two groups of people. Group A are the people who were born in Dominican Republic. And prior to 2010, everyone born in Dominican Republic, the same as here in New York, if you're born in the United States, through Jus Solis, you have a right to citizenship of that country. So we have 200,000 people estimated who were born in DR, and because of discriminatory practices, because of geographic difficulties, if they were born to midwives in, or in rural areas, they were not able to travel to a formal um, legal office and obtain uh, your, birth, your birth certificate. Wow. Um, we're also 
We're also talking about people who were born in hospitals in Dominican Republic who in their mother in labor might have been um, discriminated in trying to gain admins to the hospital. If she was able to give labor in the hospital and the nursing staff or the doctors thought that her last name was suspicious, was of mm. she her child was given instead of a birth certificate, which was her legal right, might have been given a pink slip and registered as a foreigner. Wow. So, wow. That, that I mean, that that's mind-blowing. Guys, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about the mass deportations of Haitians in the Dominican Republic, and we have a great guest on the line named Manuela who is giving us some of that history. Now, Manuela, when you identify... Uh, the Dominicans of Haitian descent, you just call them Dominican. And the reason they why... They are Dominican. Right. Yes, and, they are. Right. And mm-hmm. there's such a huge distinction, though, um, when you hear people on the other side. Can you sort of um, give us a little background information on why there's a distinction being made? Because it just sounds like the Haitians versus the, the Dominicans. But you're saying, no, these are Dominicans. Why aren't? Why don't more people recognize them as being Dominican if they were born in the Dominican Republic? Well, part of the reason is that, um, you know, our society is really operating from a series of ethnic and racial biases. So it is important to note Group A are over 200,000 Dominican people born there have a legal right to be there are should be recognized as citizens who through these different policies and changes in the constitution were of their nationality so that's to say for example in my case I was born in the US in Florida my mother was a Dominican she came here traveled legally here had me in a Florida hospital it's to say as if many of us born in the US they would suddenly tell us, you guys are no longer American citizens. So you can imagine the hundreds of thousands of people, the millions of people, who are suddenly deemed stateless. The challenge with the situation is, you're born in Dominican Republic. You may not even have ties to Haiti anymore. You grew, you grew up speaking Spanish. You went to the schools. You think of yourself as Dominican. People are suddenly telling you, this is not your home. You're not recognized here. You will not be provided documentation without this cédula this identification card, you can't register for school, you can't buy property, you cannot marry, you cannot obtain admittance into um, uh, hospitals, you can't do anything that you require, like in our case, a Social Security card or an ID to do. And so suddenly people's lives are in halt, complete standstill. So that's one group. That's over 200,000 people. The other group are migrants. So they're Haitian migrants who travel to work in the construction industry, to work um, as domestic workers, to work in the agricultural industry, which is a, a huge population who, through different agreements between the Dominican and Haitian government, they're granted temporary licenses to come in, work the field. By the end of the um, the planting season, when it's time to get paid for all their hard, hard labor in industries that Dominicans do not want to work in, they're denied paychecks and then they're intimidated and deported. So this is like a repeating cycle. It's a new iteration of slavery and sharecropping. And so we're talking about over 500,000 people estimated at this time. Wait, over 500,000 people? Yes, sir. It's Group A, Dominican people who either had their legal documentation that was suddenly voided Mm -hmm. and told this is no longer effective um, documentation, 
um, within Group A to people who were born there but couldn't obtain documentation to begin with because of racial profiling and discrimination. Mm -hmm. And then Group B, people who are migrants were not born in DR, but were traveling to the country or are currently there to work. So we're talking about half a million people. And the issue is that the government is conflating the two and calling everybody an immigrant and calling everybody, you know, you're not supposed to be here, which is really not the case. Wow. So, so Manuela, the question I want to ask you now, because this is this is staggering. This is obviously like like we discussed already very prejudiced. Where does this history of racial tension come from? Um, so I, I know we you you kind of alluded to um, I think Trujillo or Trujillo. I forgot. I, I'm not sure how to say his name exactly about a dictator. Could you could you like give us some background on that racial tension, in particular the massacre that happened in 1937? Sure. I mean, we're we're looking at a phenomena that's a global problem. So we're looking at. Uh, political officials, elected officials, who are looking to create a campaign to rise to the top, to obtain votes. And part of how they do this is proposing ideas that they think will resonate with the population that will make them a hero. And so what they do is they construct an enemy, and they often scapegoat people. So their analysis of what the problem is in the country in addressing poverty and social ills is to say the real problem here is this foreign worker, is this immigrant. Like in our country, they do the same with um, newly arrived immigrants, with Mexican folks, with uh, Caribbean folks. Oh, the problem are the immigrants. They're bringing down the quality of life. They're criminals. They're taking jobs. They're uh, dirtying our race. So this is what Trujillo constructed his campaign on. Oh, the triumph of the hard-working poor Dominican. The enemy is the Haitian. We need to clean our country from these foreigners. We need to make sure that we can control our economy and clean up our, our nation. And so this is something that has always happened, and it happens in countries all over the world. It's the scapegoating of a people so that the, the government doesn't have to take responsibility for um, Manuela, I want to ask you uh, briefly before we go on break, why is it and, and where did the concept of Dominicans saying that they are not black, they are not of African um, uh, descent come from? Because I've heard that Dominicans will say that they've been ingrained to believe that they're not black, but Haitians are. Absolutely. I mean, it's a real irony because we're talking really about black on black crime in this case. The majority of Dominicans are of African descent. So you can imagine the type of brainwashing that happens in the school system, in your history books, where you're told, we Dominicans are children of our mother homeland, and they conceive of it as Spain, not Africa. Um, we are of Spanish descent. It, you know, this is the, the way racism works. This is the way divide and conquer works. It's, it's telling us we're more Spanish and European descent than anything else, phenotypically and genetically. More than 90% of Dominicans have African ancestry. But when you're not taught to identify as such, when there's no box on the census to check off black, when there's no opportunity to identify as black because black is seen as foreign, black is seen as Haitian, black is seen as poor, black is seen as bereft, no one will identify with this. It's part of the education and the socialization of the people in our nation. And so this is a, 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 run, a long-running problem, and it's not something just specific to Dominican Republic, like we've seen, you know, the bleaching of skin in certain uh, populations in Africa and the Caribbean. This is the, the stuff that we know has created the social schizophrenia in black communities. Yeah. It's this colorism, you know. 
So this is just, you know, it's multiplied to a level where now we're looking at things that resemble Nazi Germany, where you're seeing mobs of Dominicans um, attacking Haitian or, or blacks, just black Dominicans, too, because mm. some of the people who were massacred in 1937 were black Dominicans, mm-hmm. but they were just a little too black for everybody else. Wow. Um, just a little they too were dark. murdered. Thank mm-hmm. So, so Manuela, we do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, I want to start really like like locking down some of the things that's going on in DR right now with the citizenship. But just hang out with us for a little bit. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. All right, guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and Jackie Cohen. And we are talking about the, the crisis, more or less, or the racial cleansing going on in the Dominican Republic. And just so you guys know, stay tuned for the full show because we will be talking about the Charleston Church shooting coming up very soon, as well as some very interesting news coming from the White House regarding um, admission rules for trucks. But we'll get to that later, guys. Right now, we have Manuela Arcienegos on the phone with us talking right now about Dominican Republic's racial cleansing. And the the conversation we were having earlier was about um, the the ancestry of Dominicans. And Selena asked a question about whether Dominicans are black and why they don't claim that. Manuela answered that question. We'll get to that later. But at the moment, we do have Jackie here now. and She has a question for Manuela. Jackie? Yeah, so I want to know, um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about what this deportation is going to look like. And I know that the the formal deadline for deportation passed on Wednesday. Um, and I think in a lot of people's minds, they think, oh, well, now hundreds of thousands of people are going to be expelled from this country, right? They've been stripped of their citizenship. But that seems sort of impossible to do. I mean, a country with as many, you know, the United States, which has seemingly infinite resources, um, has very strict immigration laws, and they don't deport everybody just simply based on resources because they can't. So if what is this going to look like? How is this going to roll out? I mean, if um, people are being stripped of their citizenship and aren't being deported, um, what, you know, what can they expect um, in the years moving forward? So what we can expect is that the increased deportations have been happening um, for for as long as we know. Um, it's not just because of these recent changes to the Constitution or because of this recent implementation of what they were calling the regularization plan, where they demanded that, first of all, everyone who was Dominican who couldn't prove that their parents born our grandparents born before 1929 um, were Dominican as well. They stripped the nationality of everyone born there since 1929 retroactively, right? And so what we do know is since then, deportations have been happening, and they continue to happen. Now we know that it is um, a legally enforceable, um, clear mandate by the President Danilo Medina to do so. He has implemented, as the head of immigration, um, a former army general who has already announced uh, that they have accrued 12 buses, seven light trucks, two ambulances, and trained 2,000 troops to to implement the deportation, right? So they have a fleet of buses ready to go. Um, the the it, it wasn't that deportation stopped on Wednesday. It was the registration for citizenship um, uh, or to even register as foreigners to obtain temporary visas, that right. ended on Wednesday. So the plan to uh, register all of these people has failed. 
There were the offices were understaffed. There was a lot of racial profiling in the process. People were being extorted and bribed just to be able to enter the offices. Up until Wednesday, we saw you know thousands of people lined up outside of these offices where they were supposed to be registered. We saw the army and the police um, releasing tear gas on this group. You know, uh, people who've been online some as many as a week. Some pregnant mothers with their children, wow. um, with their their documents in hand, documents being taken, unable to sign in, unable to complete the process. So, out of all of the people that could have been registered, of those maybe um, of of the two hundred thousand that were supposed to be allowed citizenship and registration, only two percent were able to actually complete the process. So, we're talking about over one hundred and eighty thousand people who are now living in complete fear. They're in suspense. We talked to organizers on Thursday night. There is a feeling of dread um, because people experience violence and profiling every day. And so what does it mean to be in, you know, you're right around what are the actual, what's the capacity of the country to suddenly expel everyone within a week? It's going to take them time. They're under-resourced and disorganized, right? But they're already uh, implementing and ready. What it means is that the climate in the country has created a vulnerable population that has no protection under the law, which means that if a mob chooses to target you because your last name sounds Creole, the police will not intervene. Oh, wow. Right? We have seen this happen already. We've seen footage time and again on the Internet over video where people will surround mobs of angry Dominican nationals, most of them uh, younger men under 30 who are unemployed and frustrated with their own economic situation, finding a Haitian woman, throwing her to the ground, a Dominican child on its way to school, grabbing them, uh, uh, cutting off their dreads with knives, beating them up, right? We've seen rapes. We've seen a lot of things that have already been happening. So what we're seeing is it's going to be an increasing wave of violence against an already vulnerable population. Um, we've seen women who were domestic workers who um, this week have decided they won't be able to travel to the homes where they work because they're afraid of being rounded up without their papers, without their children who they leave at home and being put on a bus and families separated. We have um, uh, one of our colleagues, Miriam Neptune, member of our group, she created a film with Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees called Birthrights Crisis, where you see the testimonies of these mothers. There's a mother in the video who's showing us how she was breastfeeding and they took her away from her baby. Her baby was three months old and she has no way of going back to Dominican Republic to see if her children are okay to see who's taking care of them. So this is the type of things we're going to see. And, of course, this has implications on all kinds of levels. You're probably going to see an increase of children without parents. You're going to see an increase of violence against women, primarily Mm -hmm. women, um, underprotected. You're going to see an increase of murders of young men. Wait, so is the government doing absolutely nothing to stop this? Um, So, And I've I've heard somewhere that they have camps. Like, they've created camps for the people who are... who have missed a deadline and they can't deport them right away. So, like, they're waiting for their, their status. Like, is that true? Do they have camps? And by the way, well, guys... The, the Haitian government has um, set up kind of like these humanitarian stations across the border, anticipating the humanitarian crisis. So you you are going to see massive amounts of people being brought to the border. Um, unfortunately and ironically, the Haitian government has also announced that they will not grant these folks Haitian citizenship. Because the truth is that they're not Haitian citizens, mm-hmm. many of them. They're Dominican, 
but now they don't, they are not being acknowledged by their birth country. And so they, who knows what, what kind of standstill um, crisis is going to be happening along the border. So now you're looking pretty much at 500,000 or half a million stateless people with nowhere to go. That is extremely scary. And guys, I just want you to know, if you're listening and you had a question or a comment, the number is 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. We are talking about DR's racial cleansing. If you don't want to call in but you want to tweet, you can tweet us at BeHerd underscore radio. I know Alyssa had a question, so I'm going to throw it to her. Alyssa? Yeah, I did. I, want, I actually have two questions. The first one, though, is directly in response to something that you said, Manuela, about people being, you know, beaten up and raped and et cetera, et cetera. Um, is that something that is state-sponsored violence that is happening by the police department and the military directly? Is it happening by uh, citizens who want these people out, who I guess I'll equate here with the equivalent of like the American, you know, go home, we're taking our country back group? Um, or is it a combination of both uh, private citizens and institutionalized violence against these people? You're correct. I think it's both. I mean, um, I myself was extorted for bribes by the police on my honeymoon in Dominican Republic just a few years back. So how, does these, how do these things happen? When there's no law and there's no structure or system to prosecute, let's say, um, police and the military who commit human rights violations, then essentially they're being, being given the green light to proceed as they will. Um, the other thing is that a lot of the military police in Dominican Republic is grossly underpaid. They make less than $100 a month. And so what that Dominican official told me when I was um, halted for, for being transported by who by a Haitian um, migrant, he felt like, you know, um, we don't make enough money here. And so this is, these are some of the ways that we make do. Right. And so if you're, if you're online trying to get your, your papers or get, um, obtain your status, the people who are enforcing and implementing the state constitutional law and the new and the regularization plan, they are encouraged or they're definitely not punished for demanding bribes. Oh, give me this much money and I'll put you in the front of the line. You pay, you go to the front of the line, you're not able to enter the office, you're not able to be registered. These cases have been documented. So it's happening from the community, by people in the society who are not prosecuted. It's also propaganda. You're seeing graffiti all over the cities saying, you know, export the, uh, deport the Haitians, you know, clean up our country. Um, the, you know, the Haitians are the enemy. So this is like on a social and cultural level. It's also on an institutional level with right. the policies being implemented. And it's yeah, no, we definitely see that a lot with the police department on the institutional level, not just police department, but military organizations in a lot of countries where uh, those people are underpaid and therefore they have even more of an incentive to try and take bribes or to extort people out of money. Um, but just changing gears slightly a second, and I, I know we talked a lot about um, the race aspect of it. I wanted to uh, go back to something you mentioned at the beginning of the segment about economics um, and about the, a lot of these Haitian migrant workers who work in these crucial sectors of the economy, such as the sugarcane production and in construction, uh, what would the, a mass deportation mean for the Dominican Republic's economy if all of these people were to be sent back to Haiti? And uh, a bigger picture question is, how would a mass deportation affect the Dominican Republic's standing in the world's economy? 
Well, you know, we are still waiting for a lot of um, key economic and political leaders abroad to break the silence. Right. So, for example, um, elected officials who are of Dominican descent, like Idanis Rodriguez and some other key folks, um, they haven't spoken out at all. They say we trust that President Danilo Medina um, on the eve of a re-election campaign will do the right thing to regularize their immigration. Wait, Idanis um, Rodriguez said this? I'm sorry? Idanis Rodriguez said this? Yeah, that oh. was his recently released statement. I have it here. I could read it to you. It's unfortunate, and it was literally just one sentence long. We trust that, um, okay, this is his press release. According to President Danilo Medina, there will be no mass deportation in the Dominican Republic. I believe the Dominican Republic, President Danilo Medina, will Hello. vote for this comfort. So, so I think Idanis Rodriguez has just lost all credibility and res- I'll just leave it at that. But, um, Manuel, we do have a caller on the line. I want to give him a chance to let his voice be heard. Um, Brother Omar, let your voice be heard. Yes, sir. Uh, belated happy Father's Day to your audience and whatever. You know, I'm, I'm listening to this lady, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm saying to myself, what else do, do the Haitian people have to go through? Uh, you know, I, I, I had the blessing of... Uh, uh, being in Haiti on several occasions, and they're, they're some of the most peaceful, artistic people. I mean, artists in the war in the in the northern hemisphere. And I don't know if this is uh, 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 a reoccurrence of what Trujillo did, who was one of the most brutal dictators in in the Caribbean, al- along with Papa Doc. But my question to the to your guest is this. I mean, where, 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 where do you see this ending? If, if you had a crystal ball right now, and, and if you could look through it, a, a year from now, because, I mean, Haiti is, is still trying to recover from that, that brutal hurricane, uh, excuse me, earthquake that they had five years ago. They still haven't recovered from that. So, is, is, I mean, isn't there some type of compassion or humanitarianism that we have? Uh, I mean, where where does this end? Is it, is it always going to be the color thing? I know when I went to Africa, they were bleaching their skin, and everyone was trying to get the European look. But what, here we are going into 2016 in the Christian calendar. Where 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 do you see this thing ending? And what do you see as being the final result or outcome of this? Thank you so much for that, brother. I'll Omar. hang up and listen to your response, and I'm I'm very I'm very depressed by this. I agree, and a lot of people, even when I feel down, I think about how much harder it is for the people on the ground, the Dominicans and Haitians in Dominican Republic, in terms of the um, continued intimidation and violence that they're facing. Where does it end? I can't tell you, but where does it start? I can shine a flashlight on that. It has to start with the awareness raising and the education of Dominicans right here in New York City. Uh, Our organization is geared towards opening spaces for young people to learn. A lot of these cultural attitudes are being, you know, reinforced by the laws and the policies. But this is a a question of conversation to conversation. Where is internalized racism within the Dominican community? If young people and Dominicans and even African-Americans here in New York City, if we don't all say, I refuse to go to Dominican Republic as a tourist until the, the president and the elected officials change this policy and stop deportations right now, we will have no impact. The United Nations Declaration of Human Rights 
um, the um, Inter-American Court. All of these international bodies have ruled against the Dominican Republic and condemned the Dominican Republic for its massive human rights violations. But these are all symbolic acts. Without any enforcement power, the Dominican Republic will not stop what it is doing. It has to start from the ground, grassroots, community to community, by us here in the States and by the international community. We have to exert pressure, economic, political, community organizing pressure, so that they know that we will not stand here and just watch quietly while uh, an entire segment of our population is brutalized and stripped of their human rights. And so it has to start with that at first. Thank you um, so much for that, Manuela. That was active. some. That was really powerful. So we we do have to wrap this segment up. I'd like to ask you if you can just let our listeners know how they can get involved with your organization and you know your contact information. If you guys are on Twitter or your website, if you can get the information, we'd really appreciate it. So we're asking everyone who's listening right away to if you're on Twitter, please tweet the Dominican president at Danilo Medina, D A N I L O Medina, and tell him hashtag. Why I won't go to DR. That's step one in letting him know why I won't go to DR. So tweet Danilo Medina. You're not going to Dominican Republic if this continues. The next thing is please join our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash we are all Dominican to stay up to date and hear about fundraising campaigns to help groups on the ground who are doing the organizing, to hear about protests being organized here in New York and across the nation. So join our Facebook page. And then if you want to organize a teaching and awareness raising, please visit our page. Um, our website has a toolkit that, and a film through Birthrights Crisis and Haitian Women for Haitian Refugees that's been created where you can learn about the issue. And then we got to take to the streets. This is not going to go away. Our elected officials are not going to do it willingly. There's too much economic power involved for them to respect human rights and to respect black lives. We have to take a stand, and we and it's urgent. This is beyond urgent. It should have happened yesterday, and we need everyone to stand up for black people around the world. Thank you so much, Manuela. That was amazing. We do have to wrap this up, but I want to thank you once again for calling in. And guys, you know, just to give you some closing thoughts about this, I think anyone who knows me even remotely knows just how upsetting this thing is for me. But in case you aren't sure or you are confused, I'd like to leave you with these thoughts right here. So a lot of people don't like to believe that they're racist. And I think this kind of like tips off to the segment that we're going to be having next about the Charleston church shooting. A lot of people don't like to believe that they're racist. A lot of people, when they think about racist, they think about the person with the Klan hoodie, the one that's burning a cross on someone's yard, or the one who's like running around calling black people the N-word, or who supports slavery. And they're not thinking about the person who thinks it's okay to tell someone that they don't belong somewhere because their skin is too dark. Even if... They're not saying, like, directly, your skin is too dark. It is the person who, you know, they have a problem when someone says Black Lives Matter, and all of a sudden their feathers are ruffled, and they say, no, it's all lives matters, even though black bodies are the ones who continue to be murdered every single day. It is the person who will post a video on Facebook of a Dominican person in blackface Mm. (laughs) saying that 
it is okay that these deportations are happening. It is the person who thinks that black people are the cause of all their problems because of black-on-black violence and being lazy and rap music. And it is the person who can understand totally why Billy shot up a school of innocent people because his dad didn't hug him that time when he was seven years old and he got a ninth-place trophy for canoeing. But when you tell them that there is something called post-traumatic slave disorder or that a lot of the issues we're having now are connected to 400 years of slavery and Jim Crow, they scratch their heads. That is racism. That is racist. You have a problem against people of color. When you are as black as night, you make me look like I am Kylie Minogue because you are so dark, but you refuse to acknowledge the fact that you are of African descent. You might have a problem with race. The issue in Dominican Republic is nothing more than an issue of race. It is self-hatred. It is hatred of the people, and it is genocide and racial cleansing. And if you cannot accept that, you may have to ask yourself the question, am I a racist? And understand the question is probably hell yes. But guys, I can't keep talking about this all day. Well, I can, but we don't get paid to do this and other people have shows. When we come back, it'll be the news roundup. If you're mad, you should be. If you're offended, you should be. But don't talk to me because I don't care. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. <laughs> Mike Wilman. Somebody cuss.